Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Cargill has finally been called up from AEW to the main roster. What's happened, Luke? I'm keep going. Okay. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. We're both very sleepy because this is our Royal Rumble review episode. We were up all late last night watching it with a raucous crowd. A very raucous crowd. The Long Arm Pub and Brewery in Shoreditch. It was very, very fun. Thank you so much to everybody who came out to spend the night with us. It was, as always, incredibly special. If you haven't already, if you're joining us remotely, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of Royal Rumble and send in your... Ultra chats. Ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. The audio isn't working. The audio isn't working. Damn it. Send in your to five US dollars and we'll read out every single one before the end of the show. Our monitoring is coming through okay. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, it's fine. The, the, the camera audio was also on. Okay, so everyone could at least hear what I was saying anyway. We are going to first kick off talking about Jade Cargill and this Women's Royal Rumble, which for me was match of the night. I think, you know, probably Logan Paul and Kevin Owens had the, the sort of most traditional that's a good wrestling match. But the Women's Royal Rumble for me was the most fun experience. And a huge yeah. part of that was our number 28 entrant, currently listed on Wikipedia. So I don't think we should take that as, you know, canon for the whole of WWE. But Jade Cargill is listed on there as a free agent. Yeah, she's not signed with NXT, Raw or SmackDown. Or AEW. Well, I think that one seems unlikely. Mm. Could be collision, I suppose. Um, so Jade Cargill made her main roster debut. She made her debut period mm. because 
she's appeared backstage in a bunch of segments not for a while no so the report was that they brought her in with like a big you know uh big plans and everything of what they wanted to do in terms of like we're going to present her as an absolute star we're going to make her seem like the biggest deal she was on raw she was on smackdown she was on pay-per-views and then the report is they saw her wrestling and were like oh we might have jumped the gun here a little bit Let's give her a bit more time training. We'll hold off on anything until she's ready to go. Usually that would mean, okay, you're going to go into NXT and you'll work your way up in NXT. I think they see the star power. She's got the pres- like the TV notoriety from being on AEW already. So if you put her on NXT, no offense to NXT, I think that's a huge missed opportunity. Me too. So they're doing the right thing here because I feel like this debut was her arriving in wwe she's going to be a raw or smackdown person and she's probably going to get a feud at wrestlemania i mean bianca seems like an obvious choice in there she had the stare off with bianca they had the power spots uh sort of competing against each other but there's also nia Jax as a possibility because you had her eliminate Jax from the rumble and like Jax's role in this rumble was to put over jade cargill Jax came in destroyed loads of people eliminated loads of people took like eight people to try and get her over the ropes she did the big raw spot no one could take out Nia Jax except for Jade Cargill they worked that really really well mm. because the there were multiple very strong people in the rumble I was I was looking at the roster at one point all the women in the ring and I was like this is a very different women's division when you see them all in one place because we you know keep bringing that up we did a very deep dive into the 2014 Royal Rumble. We sure did. They didn't even have a women back then. Women no. weren't invented until about 2016 by Stephanie McMahon. And, you you know, the, before then was the Divas era. And you, you had Beth Phoenix, of course, but everybody else was more of a model-type yeah. person. Even, like, Eve Torres, who was, like, MMA-trained by mm. the Gracies, was like, no, you're a, you just do basic things, please. But here, like, Jordan Grace, Ivy Nile... Uh, Jade Cargill when she comes out Bianca Belair Bianca Belair these are incredible athletes yeah Um, so Nia Jax none of those athletes could get the better of Nia Jax Piper Niven tries to hoist Nia Jax up couldn't do it we've been told for 28 but not 28 people Nia Jax came out at number 19 so we've been told for a third of this match we've got Lady Show yeah this is the big lady. Who could possibly take her over the top rope? And Jay Cargill comes in, stares down, first act of the match, just hoists her over her head yeah. like it's effortless. And then like she does a few things, eliminates her from the match, and they're this great moment. Very good like camera work throughout the night. Particularly enjoyed one of the final moments of this match when after Bailey wins. And they had this shot of the f- the final four entrants uh, that got like taken out, just all sat there looking dumbfounded and annoyed that they got thrown out. It was a really clever shot. But that is an amazing moment where Jane Cargill eliminates Nia Jax, and she's there posing and flexing. And the camera just pans ever so slightly to the left to reveal that Becky Lynch is almost marking out because she's very thrilled to see that Nia Jax got eliminated so effortlessly as well. I love that moment. I was just waiting for them Becky Lynch to turn to Jade Cargill and her expression of glee that Nia's been thrown out to go to one of horror. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, who is this person? You shouldn't do that because she should know who Jade Cargill is. Oh my god, Jade's here and now I've got to face her in the rest of this match. They didn't quite do that but they kept kept on putting her over and having uh, the test of, not test of strength, but 
two competing displays of strength yeah. with Jade and Bianca Belair. Um, who was it? I think it was Tiffany Stratton and Liv Morgan. Mm. Both uh, Bianca got Tiffany up, let's say, and Jade got Liv up. And they were just chucking these other women around. Jay Cargill, I'm just going through like who she eliminated in this match. And she eliminated uh, Nia Jax. And I'm pretty sure she eliminated uh, Becky Lynch as well. Well, what happened there is Becky Lynch found herself on the apron because of Jade Cargill. Yeah. Naomi runs towards Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill catches her and sort of throws her around, and that kicks Becky Lynch off oh, the apron. Oh, right. Technically, Naomi eliminated her. That's what it says on Wikipedia as well. In spirit, it was Jade. And then Jade just yeeted? Is yeah. that the correct use? Uh, I mean, it's more correct than Jay Uso uses, yeah. He, She yeeted. Naomi over the top as well. So yeah, Jade really is responsible for Nia, Becky, and Naomi. Naomi, huge returning star at number two. Becky, arguably the second biggest star on the roster in the women's division, outside you know underneath Rhea Ripley, and the fa- one of the favourites to win this match, her and Bailey. Yeah, and then Jade finds herself in the final three. Turliv Morgan, Bailey. Bailey's been in from number three position. She's the Iron Woman here. And Jade is fighting them both off. She's in the middle. It was a great tense ending. Yeah, I thought this was incredible presentation for mm. Jade. I think Jade had been sort of like a firm favourite of surprise entrance. Like, you know, if people were like, what are your predictions for surprise entrance? Jade was a name that came up quite a few times. And I'd said like, oh, I mean, it's a perfect thing you do. You should go in there, eliminate a few people, and then have the spot where nine people eliminate her. And you can put over, it took nine people to eliminate Jade. But this was just a much better way of doing mm. it. She went in there, she eliminated a bunch of people, and then she just lost fair and square. Like, it wasn't a case of, oh, you know, she took nine people. No, she just got bested on the evening. But she looked like a total star coming out of it. Like, money presentation. I thought this was fantastic. Still took two women to get rid of her, I would argue, at the end. And then, yeah, Bailey then pushed off Liv Morgan. Bailey wins. Well, hey, everyone's really happy. And me especially. I was so pleased to see Bailey win. Uh, this, this felt like it was a night because Cody wins the won the men's rumble. Um, and you had like the two heels win the the the, the other matches. So the, both of the rumbles were there to sort of like nice bit of fan service. Mm-hmm. You give the win to ba- uh, to Bailey, who's like everyone loves Bailey. She carried the company on her back during the pandemic, and you give it to Cody Rhodes, who. I'm not going to say everyone, but I'd say the the majority of people wanted to see Cody Rhodes win. Uh, so I, I thought it was a... I really liked the Women's Rumble. Yeah. I've seen, amazingly, like, when I was listening to some reviews and kind of looking some stuff online, it seems quite split in terms of what match people preferred. Because the Women's Match... We'll talk, talk about the Women's Match sort of in general, as well as uh, the, um, uh, the Jade Cargill stuff. But it was sloppy. It was like... <laughs> Craig on the Brian and Vinny show said it felt like every woman went in there with a punch card that said you have to do one botch if you want to get paid. <laughs> and she like every like everything that Maxine tried, she she effed up. Everything that Nia tried, she effed up. And it was like everyone went in there and just kept effing up moves left, right, and center. Yeah. I, I really liked it when I uh, not Ivan now, Maxine Dupree comes in and she goes for her, I think it was like a Tarakarana, yeah, headsets takedown. And she botched it. Yep. And then she stood up and she thought, all right, let's just do that, again. do that again. They do the exact same spot again. She botched it again. And then she goes, uh, let's not do that again. Shoo! <laughs> and she just hits the taunt. She's like, get back that power. <laughs> she pressed the directional button on the D-pad. Hudeman! Hudeman! Like, so it was, it was a bit botchy, a bit sloppy. But I thought the pacing of the women's match was so much better than the men's. I thought the men's match was so mid- 
and kind of a bit meh forgettable. Like, I'll probably never watch the men's match again. But I thought the women's one was really, really great. Well, I think the men's match has Andrade, Carmelo Hayes, and then 13 other people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you've got Jay and Jimmy, so that was fun to start off with. But you've got a, the first half of that match, because it's only Cody, Gunther, Punk, Drew. They were the only people going in who could win it, mm. really. Them not coming out until the 15th spot onwards yeah. means the first half is nothing. But the women's rumble was, like you said, a lot more spread. I'll, I'll go through the whole match so you can see. Because I think it might be the greatest one through five opening of any rumble ever. I think so as well. I actually am completely in agreement with you because you've got a good mix there of returns, surprises, you know, actual like big names and fillers. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's a really good mix. I don't know if anyone had fillers. I know a lot of people had hair extensions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a barber shop out there at one point. Uh, so Natalia's first out, of course she is. Got a court, breaking a record, I'd imagine. Number two, lights go off. I had my my three count was that all the lights go off, and then you just see the shoes, the shoes before the music hits. They did more of the traditional entrance. It's Naomi. She's back. She was number two. It was really really sweet because she gets in the ring and everyone's going crazy for her. It's been twenty months I worked out. And she yeah, gets a bit overcome. And yeah. then she was like, come on, let's do this. I also think, bearing in mind who then comes in at number five, there was a, a moment where we were like, oh, it's amazing to see Naomi back in WWE. And she, I was even saying this on the, uh, the, the live stream, I was like, she had a really good run in TNA. And one of the great things about that is that she did the business on the way out. Mm -hmm. She had a superb match with Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill. Then a really good follow-up match on, on Impact. Her farewell match. What a great final opponent for her in TNA. And now she goes back to WWE having done the business. And then, yeah, we'll go on. Not finished with you. Uh, Bailey's number three. She would go on to win it. So Bailey, that was a great... That's what the men's rumble needed. It needed one of those favourites early on yeah. to, to tell a consistent story throughout. Candice LeRae, cool. Yeah. Someone there. And then, number five, TNA Knockouts champion Jordan Grace. When the sirens hit... Scott I, Steiner. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it's Scott Steiner, right? Or, or little Petey Pump. I was I was kind of dumbfounded. I was like, oh, they, we're, get, we're debuting a new character, maybe, yeah. with, like, with like a siren entrance theme. And then... I had I could almost feel like this ripple of recognition amongst the uh, people behind us being like, it's like Jordan Grace's theme. And then it it was Jordan Grace, TNA knockouts champion Jordan Grace was in the Royal Rumble and was in it for a while as well. I she was probably like obviously Jay Cargill had a lot of presence. Um but bit sloppy, you know. I I can look past that because I think she she more than overcame that with just how she was presented. But Jordan Grace in this rumble her physique, her presentation, the actual wrestling, how she could just effortlessly power people. You know, like Bianca Belair feels like super heroic mm. in WWE. Jordan Grace looked better and fresher than Belair did when Belair entered a few people later. So the report is that uh, they do have a working relationship, WWE and TNA. WWE were apparently, like, last weekend, were calling around lots of other companies to just be like, hey... Do you want to do some stuff for the Rumble? Uh, like, bring some people in. You can get a guest spot in the Rumble. And TNA were the ones that said, yeah, okay, we'll do it. We'll send over Jordan Grace. Uh, so there is a working partnership, but there's no knowing of, like, 
what way it goes. Uh-huh. Like, are WWE going to send any talent to TNA? Are TNA going to send any more talent? Is Jordan Grace going to come over and have a bit of a run in WWE? Or is this just a one-off cameo thing? It's just like a, hey, we're we're very friendly with one another and we'll we'll just send over. Like if we if we can do if we ever ask, can we have footage from your libraries uh, for documentaries? It's a new day, yes it is, because TNA's other highest ratings before their recent rebrand, which they've done very well with with Hard to Kill's buy rate, um was when they had the working relationship with AEW and you've got Kenny Omega facing Rich Swan on episodes of TV. If they get the rub from WWE from this and you know, WWE just send a, a, a Bianca Belair to face Jordan Grace on an episode of Impact. That could be far bigger for TNA than any AEW rating boost got them. Yeah. So, yeah, I, fingers I, crossed. I, I don't think it will happen. Like, I think if they're going to send someone across, it'll be some, like, NXT mm, talent, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they were referring to it, you know, putting over TNA uh, quite hard on this. Did you see Triple H's comments on the post-show? When someone asked him, and he was like, look, I'm not going to say anything about like doors or anything like that, because I think that's very silly and stupid. <laughs> it's windows. <laughs> We've broken through the window. Petty asshole, Triple H. Yeah, um, yeah I just thought Jordan Grace. It's weird, because when I think Jordan Grace, I think of like 2018 pre-bodybuilder Jordan Grace. Yes. So I'm always surprised at how insanely muscular she is when you see her it was also impressive with that jordan grace thing as well in there for nearly 20 minutes zero eliminations but you knew that she was there and she did mm. loads of things compare that to in the men's nakamura was in the rumble for 20 minutes i can't tell you a single thing he did i think he did this at one point <laughs> he might have said come on to someone he did that to cody that was a good spot so then we get Indy Hartwell, uh, Asuka, she teams with Bailey. Yeah, Bailey, there was a weird thing where Bailey was like, this wasn't part of the plan. Mm. What was your plan then? And Asuka kept on like going to high five Bailey. Bailey going to high five Asuka, but then Asuka just like yeah. moves on to something else. But not in a like dickish way. She no. wasn't doing it on purpose. I mean, she was, but it was staged so well that it looked like it was accidental. Ivy Nile at number eight to do some power spots. She did some stuff with Grace. Uh, number nine, Katana Chance. Um, this is where I've written, the women are so muscly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 10, Belair. She slightly trips um, doing a springboard into the ring um, and then started doing some terrible strategy straight up to the second rope to start punching people. Yeah. And yeah, she can backflip out of it when people try to attack her. Keep your feet on the ground and a rumble. on the ground, mate. Don't go anywhere near the top rope. Um, we got Kyrie Sane. Um, so damage control members are, are all filling up now. They're taking control of the match. They get rid of Candice LeRae. Tegan Knox came comes out. Um, she has a bit of back and forth with Natalia. Natalia turns on her, but Knox throws her out instead. Then Bailey threw Knox out. Bailey got rid of a lot of people. Seven overall. Mm. Uh, Nia Jax got eight though. Yeah. Caden uh, Carter. She did her dance on the way. Uh, rather than running down to save her it's partner. The, it's the Jeff Hardy uh, move. And um, But then we had this crazy spot where Kyrie Sane, I guess, got the closest this year either match, got to a near elimination save spot. I still can't f- work out what happened here. She seemed to get glitched into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> because it was on the LED apron board. Yeah. She became like she was getting sucked into the... The pixels. She, oh yeah, exactly. She sort of just glitched through it a little bit. She sort of clipped into the into the ring itself because she effectively just got stuck on the LED boards and like she was attached like by Velcro. And then 
just fell to the floor. Yeah. It looked like it was an accident, but clearly that's when she was supposed to be eliminated because Asuka was eliminated straight then after. Becky, by the way, oh, sorry, Becky, keep doing this. Bailey, by the way, doing a lot of great saving Asuka, saving yes. Sane, saving Asuka. MVP of damage control that no one else sees in the group. Um, but she wasn't there enough to stop Asuka and Sane getting eliminated. The former tag champs, Katana and Chance, uh, got rid of uh, damage control there. Chelsea Green's out. That was fun because they teased her getting eliminated right away. I thought Chelsea Green's performance in this was, was brilliantly but, comedic. Particularly then when you had Piper Niven coming, she was next, and you had Nia Jax coming at number 19. And essentially, Piper Niven and Nia Jax had a match that Chelsea Green kept getting accidentally involved in. So she just kept like getting squished in the corner between them or squished in the middle of the ring with them. And she did brilliant wonderful community it's like weekend at bernie's yeah. <laughs> just, just a ragdolling around it was so funny um we got Zaylee at 16 zelina vega at 17 with so i mean i don't know what her cosplay was referencing overwatch i believe overwatch uh which someone you know it's fine for me not to know but someone could have clued in michael cole <laughs> he essentially does uh the what a maneuver thing yeah. look at this outfit what a cosplay <laughs> Maxine Dupree at 18 botched uh, the first move, the second, and the third. (laughs) I think Michael Cole said she was like vastly improved Maxine Dupree or like most improved Maxine Dupree or something like that. He gave her like this nickname and she just bollocks everything she tries. Bless her heart. But don't worry, Maxine. Even you look good compared to (laughs) number 19, Nia Jax. (laughs) Who also bollocks everything. Nia Jax was screwing up body slams. You're Nia Jax. This is what you do. I am a big, I'm genuinely a big fan of Nia Jax. Even I cannot look past <laughs> the the sheer botchiness of this performance. It was remarkable. Yeah, she botched a body slam of Piper on the green. I'm like, what? what's wrong with the way you're moving? <laughs> you're dropping everyone on their hips. Yep. You can't lift anyone in one fluid motion over your head. Um, later on, when it gets to the Jade Cargill thing, it like, feels like Nia's just like, deal with me. Dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jade gets Nia up. And Jade, because she's so strong, manages to muscle up Nia Jax, a falling Nia Jax that she's losing purchase of over the top rope. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was, it was insane. I don't know what was up with Jax. Uh, Shotzi comes out. Uh, I saw John Gracie was watching this. Oh, yeah. And he, he posted on X at this point. Please um, go on Twitter. At the, um, when the tank comes out, he just goes, uh, I don't know who I was rooting for before, but now I'm rooting for the person in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> Becky Lynch at number 21. She gets rid of Chelsea Green in the best way possible. Chelsea Green is like hanging by one arm. Becky looks at it just removes all of her <laughs> fingers and buffs her head off. So good. Um, Alba Fire next, then Shayna Baszler. Nia botches uh, everything with Shayna Baszler. I uh, don't think it's Shayna's fault. There was a, a fun moment on the stream where uh, at one point I said to uh, Dan Layton, oh no, Becky Lynch's hair's come all asunder. Like, you know, she had a really good sort of, like her, her ponytail was up and everything. She had a really good hairdo, but it's all come asunder. It's all over the place now. It's all fallen apart. I was looking at Alba Fire. <laughs> So they were dressed the same and had the same haircut. And after a while, it's like, oh, I'm thinking of the wrong. Oh, no, oh, that's not Bailey. No, that, that's, that's Kaylee Ray right there. I am being genuine about this next spot. 
this might be my favourite <laughs> moment of the night. Yeah. Valhalla comes out at number 24. She's walking down to the ring. And then R-Truth just slowly jogs past her. And there's like R-Truth's old comedy buffoon of, huh, I'm just stupid, big smiley face. I'm going to get a ladder. Yeah. I, you know, that irritated me, if I'm honest. Truth running out this time. He's running out and he's like, wait a sec, what's Valhalla doing there? Like he is, I cannot get over how great his performance is here. And he gets down to the ring and he just says to one of the referees, where are all the guys? <laughs> He gets in the ring. Still like, sure, okay, something's gonna <laughs> something's gonna figure itself out here. He gets in the ring. Nia Jax is standing opposite him. And he's like, oh no, this isn't making any sense. Well, they've got prior in Royal Rumbles together. Yeah. I likened it in my review of, you know, when you just like you're not really thinking, you confidently walk into the toilets, burst through the door, you're in the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happened to our truth here. I just, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. He was great. Um, Naya eliminated him. Uh, of course, Naya got all these eliminations to build herself for Naya Jax. Uh, no? You, Jade Cargill. It's my dream. Yeah. A Naya Jax versus <laughs> Naya Jax match. For Rhea Ripley, of course. Um, Valhalla was still allowed in, but because of all the commotion, she got chucked out. Adam Pierce was quite good here as well. Uh, Meechin is in next. Naomi's been in for 48 minutes at this point. Zoe Stark next. Um, Vega gets lobbed out and Alba fire Roxanne Perez uh, Nia botched catching Shayna's jumping arm bar in this and then no. like really ugly ugly just lobs Shayna over the top rope yeah oh um, powerbomb Shotzi over the top rope as well I'm Shotzi I'm like, <laughs> praying on the way down <laughs> catch me catch me catch me yeah. Then we got Jade, which was awesome, and she got rid of Nia. Tiffany Stratton out at number 29 reprises that Becky feud. I thought Stratton looked great. And sets up stuff with Roxanne Perez down in NXT if Stratton's not getting it. But honestly, and I've I've said this multiple times on this podcast, but Stratton's ready for that main roster call-up. Mm. Like, she is just main roster ready. Doesn't need to be toiling her time down in NXT. She did this swanton off the top rope onto everyone standing up to catch her, and it just looks beautiful. She's Lady Breaker. Isn't she? Yeah. She's ready. Yeah. Um, then we got number 30, and everyone was like, Sasha, Sasha Banks. <laughs> like, oh, but it could be. And it then it was Liv Morgan. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, said this on my reaction. I was like, I mean, this is this is good. She's returning from injury. And? And? You know, she was, she was arrested. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, you know, so this is like a big bit of news. This is like a genuine big return uh, for WWE. Returning from injury, returning from arrest. She was the runner-up in last year's Rumble. But it really was a case of like, eh. Like, the, the way that this, this, this crowd, and like even our crowd, they treated like she was Zoe Stark. Yeah. Like, you're just like, ah, I see her all the time. This is not a big deal. The, the crowd in the building, in the in the Royal Rumble building, our building, I thought, well, having watched bits back, because we couldn't hear, our, in the pub was so loud a lot of the time, loads of chants, it's hard to hear the actual crowd reaction. From what I've watched back, it's like these big moments happen, and that it's not really a pop. No. When CM Punk comes out, it's like, it's a pop, but it's not the pop of a man making his in-ring return after 10 years out. It's not a 48,000 people yeah. sounding pop. 
So yeah, a lot of a lot of things just didn't land with this crowd, unfortunately. And I, for once, I, I, I think WWE did most of the booking right. I agree. It could be the building itself as well, because I think it's got quite a high ceiling. Mm. So there's a chance of like the sound just didn't travel as it would have done in a smaller building. So then we had a full thirty people in. Um, At least Liv Morgan didn't get Rey Mysterioed. Yeah, we got the Jade stuff, which we've already covered. Uh, Tiffany hung off Belair's braid oh, at one point, which was crazy. Brutal. Which I I kind of had pitched, but it was Belair hanging off her own braid. Yeah. Um, Bailey eliminated them both. Then we got to the final three. Bailey won, and we see shots of Io Sky and Rhea Ripley backstage, and it's like, oh. I love how I can see where this storyline's going to go. Yeah, I'm so pleased that Bailey won. Uh, the crowd of the long arm went ballistic mm-hmm. when Bailey won. It was a genuinely, I, I thought, I really, really like this. I think it is the best women's rumble uh, that we've had thus far. And there have been some pretty good ones as well. Um, but I, I just had such a good time with it. But like, I, botchiness aside, and there was like yes. throughout, it was just like, you know, sloppy as all get outs. But I had so much fun with it. I think it was a really well-paced rumble. It brought out its stars at the right moments, mm-hmm. peppered them throughout. And what a strong division this has got. Not a lot of reliance on, like, you know, two NXTs, one yeah. outside force in Jordan Grace and um, uh, Jade Cargill. So that's only really like four names. 26 other people in there then. that's just like building up a roster across two separate brands. A really, really good rumble. My, it's my favorite women's rumble. Yeah, same. Um, and that's that's really cool to say and not have to feel like I'm posturing or anything. It's mm. like Money in the Bank last year. I'm like, oh, that that's my favorite match of the night was the women's Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about this Rumble. Uh, we we will get into your chats shortly. We're just uh, our mods are gathering some of them. Um, so let's go into. Oh, yeah. On Bailey. She's going to. Or damage controller going to be like, go for Ripley, go for Ripley. And she'd be like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll go for Ripley. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they're going to turn on her. And that's when she'll face Io Sky. I wonder if they're going to do, I mean, bear in mind, this is Triple H head of creative. Batista in 04. Yeah, exactly. Doing the whole thing of just like, she's going to overhear them talking mm-hmm. about her behind her back to be like, no, she's a big dumb idiot. Of course, she's going to pick Rhea Ripley. Yeah. We can protect ourselves here. Yeah. Uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for it. Really, predictability isn't a bad thing sometimes. Same with the men's rumble. Mm-hmm. Like mid though it was, you know the, the the Cody winning I think is the right move. But we'll get to that shortly. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tell you what, predictability is pretty bad, though. Yeah. Roman Reigns matches. Oh yeah. Roman Reigns defending against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight. I was actually quite intrigued and excited for this match because, yeah, sure, it's another Roman title defense. It will have the usual spots, but it's a four-way. That might make it a little bit quick, a little bit more rapid. There's always someone to run in and hit their next spot or move. Somehow, we got rest holds and. Roman standing and jaw jacking with the crowd spots. I'm like, this is one of the slowest four ways I've seen in the modern era of wrestling. This had big house show energy vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just sort of like, it was four, four big names, but at like 30%, it's just a lot of, yeah, rest holds. So a lot of people pointed out that I think LA Knight did two moves in this match because every other movie does is just punching people so the crowd can mm -hmm. go, yeah, getting that sort of big house show energy stuff. And like it was just fine as a match, but it was pretty like underwhelming for a Roman match. And I, it's, you know, gets hurt because what the crowd wanted to see was Roman versus Randy, but you don't want, they didn't want to pin Randy. So we've got just two extra bodies in there. Get distracting away from the match that people actually wanted to see just so one of them can take the pin. Yeah, I, I totally get the reasoning that don't do Randy Roman now because Randy would have to lose. He's just come back in November. He's super hot. You don't want him to lose the first program. But at the same time, like, well, when's he going to have the singles match with Roman? Yeah. Like, sometimes... Roman beating Randy here as a singles match, if you are going to do Roman Cody and Cody wins at Mania... I think that should be the the way. Yeah, Randy, you've got the legacy history there. You can tie into that story. Randy's like, I couldn't beat him. I mean, yeah, this this was a mistake in booking, and a mis like a mistake in booking this four way, and then a mistake of booking this kind of match because it's so obviously a filler match. You then have to over deliver with some really good action, and they did. They did not put on something that needed to jump over a very low bar and it did not help in the fact that it had every finish to a roman reigns title match that you've ever seen oh this one didn't though it had every midpoint of a roman reigns match <laughs> but it, in terms of the baby face runs wild in this case randy orton hits his rko on aj styles hits the rko on la Knight. roman goes to hit the spear randy hits the rko on him has the visual pin but she'll never guess what happened 
<laughs> a hooded figure shows up at ringside and pulls the referee out of the ring and takes off the hood to reveal it. It's of course it's Solo's ago. Why was Solo in disguise? Yeah, at this point, I'm not going to confuse him for Logan Paul's mate. <laughs> Jeff in a white tee. Jeff in a white tee. Uh, but that was like sort of the the middle of the match. Then I think because an AJ Styles gets a chair, he tack like. Solo goes through the barricade. AJ Styles is running wild with a chair. And then Roman is fighting LA Knight. AJ's on the apron. He goes up for the phenomenal forearm. Roman pushes LA Knight into the ropes. That sends AJ coming down off the springboard. Roman spears him. One, two, three. And someone next to me in the watch party just said, oh, well, at least Roman won clean. <laughs> I was like, no, he didn't win clean. <laughs> Randy won the match. He had the visual pin. So I was I was very underwhelmed with this match. And that's not what Roman's title reign needs right now. I want Roman's title reign to be hot going into Mania, not this past its sell-by date in July. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this it's not felt special, this, this title reign since SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that was probably at its peak. And even then, that yeah. SummerSlam match, I think, did some damage to it because you just put Jimmy back in the bloodline. The other thing I think this match did that hurt the show, um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to credit Tempest for this because he's the one who pointed it out, you had two less names for the Rumble. Like, two, yeah. two big names. Yeah. On the SmackDown side of things. So, really, the biggest name on the SmackDown side of things in the Men's Rumble was like Austin Theory. Like it was just like uh, maybe Bobby Lashley, I suppose, but he kind of feels like he's in this mid-card feud with, um, you know, uh, Karrion Cross. So they felt like SmackDown had no stars in the Rumble, which why it felt so much like a Raw match. That's a really good point. And LA Knight in the Rumble. Yeah. That would have that would have got the crowd alive because they certainly like to say yeah. 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 I I think it's a, a mistake on on quite a few levels. This this match, unfortunately. Logan Paul took on Kevin Owens, defending his US title afterwards. This, however, was exactly what I thought it would be and still overperformed. Yeah, I, I agree. This is really, really good. So it's just a very simple story. Logan Paul is, you know, annoyingly talented and he kind of, you know, he's, he's had an easy path through life is the story I kind of invented in mm. my head. Whereas Kevin Owens, he's, he's a scrapper. He's a hustler. He's also got an injured hand. So yeah. Logan can easily work over the hand. Um, he, he was, Logan Paul was punching the hand of uh, Kevin Owens. He was using his hand to hurt Kevin Owens' hand. <laughs> uh, I can't find a note, but there was, there was one bit where it really felt like, oh, here we go. Uh, Logan Paul did this. That you know when he comes off the ropes and he brings his leg up and he does the splits leg drop, yeah, and then he makes the pin. It was a really cocky pin. Like, look at me, I'm so naturally gifted. And then Kevin Owens kicked out and then just slapped him across the face. I thought, what a in one moment, what a wonderful encapsulation of both men's characters and the conflict between them. Yeah. And at the start, Logan went to shake KO's hand. Logan mm. Paul, yeah, fan of Ring of Honor from 2010. <laughs> <laughs> just look at that code of honor, man. I mean, it's mad impressive for <coughs> Logan Paul because um, I I think this is like his ninth match. Like that is yeah. nuts at how mad. how just good he is at this. And I thought he was really really great in this match. And they had a I thought a really good finish to this as well. Mm. I really liked the finish of this because you had Jeff 
who in the white tea jeff in a white tea uses his full name yeah well i i believe is that his name jeff in a white tea yeah i don't know or, or jeff in the white tea in a white tea <laughs> and a white tea <laughs> but they're not anna white <laughs> but jeff in a white tea hops the barricade and austin theory and grayson waller um the trio of pricks uh just like coming together and in the kerfuffle of all of this, they hand Logan Paul the brass knucks. Jeff in a white tee, by the way, is also the person who gave the brass knucks or got the brass knucks involved that allowed Logan to win the title in the first place off Rey Mysterio. So the cavalcade of, of knobs gets sort of, you know, chartered to the back. Title of your sake. <laughs> brass knucks remain there. Logan Paul goes to hit Kevin Owens with the brass knucks, but Owens stops that and he uses the brass knucks himself. So they've done, Kevin Owens has done his own power of the punch. This whole match has been built around his hand and he's then used his hand to knock out Logan Paul. He gets the pin. The ref counts one. The ref counts two. But as he's going to count the three, he just points at the brass knucks on Owens's hand and he calls for a DQ and the way they framed this the way they filmed this the way that it just slightly zoomed in on the knucks to show what the referee was looking at I thought was brilliantly done yeah I I, I bought it because I wasn't watching the referee yeah I was watching Logan's shoulders and Logan did not kick out on that when that three would have been made and I was like that's they're changing the title I legit got worked and bought into KO winning. Same here. And then to have the rug pulled out from underneath my feet was was exhilarating to be worked yeah. like that. I I really like it as a finish. Um and it yeah, it protects KO. It still gets over Logan. Um and Logan although he, you know, lucked his way to a DQ retention here and was going to try and cheat himself anyway. He went through a war. There is an element of respect on what he did physically. His chest was all sort of yep. reddened up. He was bleeding from the nose. He looked oddly pale. Like, he puts a shift in in these matches. Yeah. Uh, and just from a character thing, I love that KO wasn't a good enough cheater. Yeah. Because um, someone said it in the live chat, uh, Regal would have pocketed those knucks. Yeah, absolutely would have done. Thrown like away. KO's, KO's a brawler. Yeah. Like he's just going to fight with you. And he, he doesn't just, think about that part. Just dove into the pin. Mm. Just went in there. Not thinking to get caught. And he did get caught. I thought it was a really creative finish. It's. I thought the interference and everything was so good. It actually annoyed me even more they had the solo Sokoa <laughs> interference. Because yeah. he basically did more or less the same finish in both matches with sort of like the visual pin and, and mm. this and the other. And it's, it, I think it, it ruined the, uh, the the solo thing even more. By the way, like you know, I, I know we've sort of moved on from this, but I think they've dropped the ball hugely with Solo Sokoa since that John Cena oh squash. Oh my god! Yeah, just beating him on TV, beating him on TV, just like it just doesn't like this guy squashed John That's Cena right. like a few months ago, and he's just a body, and he wasn't like not even the Rumble, just an interference henchman. Like he's just bebop and rock steady for mm. for Roman. Such, I think it's a real shame. Because Triple H is a smart booker, even though Logan Paul, the heel, retained via DQ in this finish, Kevin Owens put him through a table afterwards. Hey! It's a way to get the crowd to cheer you. Uh, we'll do all the chats at the end. We might as well now. We're just having a few issues getting all the ultra chats together. But keep sending them in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. While we cover the main event, which was the men's Rumble match. Number one and number two, Jey Uso 
and Jimmy Uso. So this had been pitched to me in, in while we were at the watch party. I was just sort of walking through and, you know, I was chatting to some guys. Paul uh, was, the, was the chap's name. He said, here's my pitch. Jay's number one. Jimmy's number two. Rikishi's number three. <laughs> Brilliant. And I, and I was like, I really enjoyed like, you know, Jimmy and Jay at number one and two. I was like, the addition of Rikishi's is great in all of this. And then, yeah, Jimmy and Jay were number one and number two. Rikishi was not number three, unfortunately. Imagine if he comes out and he's like, you kids, stop fighting. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. no, you stop fighting. You listen to me. I'm your dad. And he hands them both a pair of shades. I was going to say, you did a too cool. <laughs> what a way to undermine such a beautifully told story <laughs> over years and years. Dance time. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like the two of them starting together. You know, if we are going to build to this WrestleMania match, you you need to heat this back up because I think it's gone hugely off the boil. <laughs> I don't think it's a match that people are particularly interested in. I don't think so either. Sometimes, you know, like I've got no interest in ever seeing Jeff and Matt Hardy wrestle. Yeah. Never had any interest in Kane and Undertaker. I know they're not real brothers. Um, Edge and Christian, I thought I didn't have any interest wrestling, but actually, turns out I do. Yeah. Um, Dudley's, you, you know, there's, there's there's some tag teams I just don't want to see wrestle each other. I don't want to see Road Dog have a match with Billy Gunn. Yeah, like it. But yeah, and the, uh, Jimmy and Jay is, is one of those. Like I'm not that arsed mm. on them having a match at WrestleMania. But Philadelphia is where WrestleMania is. City of brotherly love. Yeah, it's very poetically apt. Sure does. So they're one and two. Um, Jimmy has this long running uh, shtick while he's going through any heel that comes out because Grayson Waller's number three. That is a letdown if you're looking for a retention, by the way. And, and I'm a big fan of Grayson Waller, actually. But, you know. Grayson Waller is, I think, going to be quite indicative of this rumble itself, of just how mid-card a lot of this rumble uh-huh. it It's not 2022 in terms of mid-card rubbishness. But there's a lot of this rumble that is filled with nothing. Mm-hmm. Guys in there for a long time doing nothing. And then just being thrown out. Yeah, because it's not just the star power and and the over overuse of mid carders. It's also the spots and the creativity of when people come in and interact with each other just seem to be a bit lacking compared to the the top tier rumbles. I think history will look back at this rumble and think the main the, the women were the main events. Mm-hmm. Now we did twenty nineteen. Everyone thinks that Becky Lynch's Rumble is the main event yeah. of that show, but it's not. It's the, it's the men's one's the main event. I don't know. I think Punk Punk and Cody will be something that lives in everyone's minds, mostly because it went on too long. <laughs> <laughs> and what they'll probably say is what I'm going to say later on, which is like, it was a poor version of last year's. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> um, so Grace Waller's in. So Jimmy, every heel that comes in that starts to seemingly work with him, he goes for a little high five. And every single one of them just goes nah it's right yeah i mean like it, this is the other thing with the jimmy J thing is that you know this is supposed to be the sort of ser- and like jimmy comes out and it's a serious blood feud between jimmy and jay the second that he's not doing stuff with jay he's goofy jimmy uso oh, he's so good at, what? he's so good at goofy jimmy uso, he's great it? at it it's really funny but what is your character mm-hmm. are you this guy that turned your back on your brother and broke up one of the greatest tag teams in wwe history the guy who left the bloodline the first one of you to leave the bloodline only to go crawling back to it or are you our truth but on smackdown like mm-hmm. you know which, which one are you yeah so i was just looking for um my favorite jimmy spot ivar comes in number 19 it looks like they're gonna work together jimmy goes for the handshake ivar just chops him down instead jimmy lands on the floor 
and just punches the floor in, in frustration. Like, why doesn't anyone like me? It was so well done. Uh, so we then we get Andrade at number four. I'm like, oh, wow, this is this has a similar momentum as the start of the Women's Rumble. Yeah. Uh, I kind of forgot about Andrade. Well, yes, because he got an, you know, 22, 23 minutes, zero eliminations. A guy in there a long time didn't do a great deal. Like he had his, a moment with Santos Escobar, which I thought was pretty good. But like really it was just a case of Andrade is back. And it's AEW presentation Andrade as well because he came with the mask and everything. Uh, but not as the under the El Idolo name, just, just back to being Andrade. And more meant that I forgot Andrade was a potential surprise. Oh, I see. But I, I totally agree. When he came in, I was like, oh my God, Triple H is booking. Andrade's here. You know, he wasn't happy with what he was doing in AEW. So which, surely, which is having to lose. <laughs> so surely he's going to get a really good presentation here. And I was like, this is a bit underwhelming with your, like you said, 20 minutes of nothing. Yeah. And then he's just pretty unceremoniously eliminated. Yeah. If I'm on, if I was Andrade, I'd look at how I was booked in that rumble and be a bit worried yeah. at the new bet I just made. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the company, this company, sees him as where he thinks he is at either, especially without Charlotte Flair. Possibly, yeah. Um, I mean, unless, of course, you know, he's going to start a big feud with Bronson Reed. Uh, Carmelo Hayes then comes out at number five. That was, I, he got a, the biggest pop, I think. Yeah. more than Andrade. <laughs> uh, and he, he worked really well, I thought, throughout the, the yeah, whole time. really good. Then we hit the mid-card stretch. It is, yeah. It's pretty much from 6 until 15 when Cody comes out. Yeah, so we've got Nakamura, Santos Escobar, Karrion Cross, Dominic Mysterio, Carlito at number 10, not Ty Dillinger. <laughs> Come on, just give the guy a call. Uh, Bobby Lashley at 11, AOP and Karrion Cross sort of dragged him out. Ludwig Kaiser at 12, Austin Theory at 13, Finn Balor at 14. And it's just like, but those, I, a lot of those guys I really like, you know, like Ludwig Kaiser, I'm, I'm really into at the moment. Mm. But it's just, it was just guy after guy who I know won't win and who didn't do anything creative. That's it. That's exactly it, right? Like, it's just, these are just bodies to be in the ring, which is weird as well, because like all of the hype going into this rumble, and, you know, this is the hype that I've certainly felt as well. It's a rumble. It's like, man, there's so many potential winners of this rumble. Really, there were four potential winners of this <laughs> rumble. That means there's 26 other people that are just bodies within this rumble, but they didn't pace them all out. Because you had Cody at 15, and then you don't get another big name until 27. Oh, I, just oh, I was Gunther Gun- in there. Gunther, Gunther at 18. 18, do apologize. So after Gunther, then you have to go another 10 guys before you get to CM Punk. That's the pacing side mm-hmm. of this. You had Cody and Gunther so close to each other. I kind of wish they had gone with the, you know, the fan pitch of having Cody and Gunther as one and two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I would have actually preferred Cody at one, Gunther at 30. Yeah. Just to reverse those. I think I think the crowd would have reacted better to Gunther at number 30 than Sami Zayn. Yeah. Because at least it feels like someone who could win. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Cody comes out. Uh, he eliminates his own weight belt. Damn it. I didn't write that in my <laughs> script. I wrote that joke last night. <laughs> it's a good joke as well. <laughs> I was really happy when I wrote, you know, he takes it off, he throws it over the top rope. Also, oh. Cody Rhodes. Coming in at number 15, gets his full entrance, the full AR graphic up and everything, pyro going around. And I turned to the guy and I was like, well, he's winning. It wasn't just that, was it? It was so many times they put over 
Wow. Only three people in history have won it back-to-back years. I've been saying on the podcast, they've been hammering this home so much that he's either doing it or he's for sure not doing it because they're, they're hammering it home so much. As it turns out, it was the, the former because they're looking to you know set new records in, in this new era of WWE. But yeah, like it, when Cody came out, there was a, it was fairly obvious that he was winning this thing. Uh, number 16, Brunson Reed comes out and... You know, he has, a, he has a good run. And this is where Andrade just gets chucked out. Yeah. Like nothing. Like, he, yeah, he had a little bit of back and forth with Escobar, but no feud set up. No. No cool spots. Compare that with Jordan Grace. Yeah. I feel like Jordan Grace came in. She's not even with the company. <laughs> she, she started like five. I've seen people in the live chats like fantasy booking what you can do with Jordan Grace. I haven't seen anyone fantasy booking what you can do with Andrade. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, another one like that is number 17, Kofi Kingston. Uh, he has a little bit of a, a run, but nothing of no. And then he is also just eliminated a bit later on. And I I thought, oh, he's going to jump onto someone's back. Or, no, just two feet on the ground. Yeah. And it's not even a little bit later on. Three and a half minutes he was in this rumble. Wow. He was in and then he was out. And yet it was just, out you go. No Kofi spot, nothing. And there was no spot for anybody else either. Like Ricochet didn't get the all near save. He, he wasn't in long enough. <laughs> the best, the best near save, like we said, was Kyrie saying, <laughs> sticking to a two D sheer ninety degree angle wall. It's like those Garfields used to get on uh, car windows. <laughs> <laughs> but number eighteen was Gunther, and this, this for me, for the rest of the match, I finally had something to sink my teeth into because as long as Gunther was in there and Cody was in there, they kept coming back to each other. Uh, it's what I really like about the 04 Rumble. It's like, I think it's the 04 Rumble. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because it's just Benoit, who was in there from the start, and then Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. when he comes in, and they just all, they just keep going back to fight each other. And it just it just feels like in their heads, they're still wrestling the end of last year's match. Yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love that stuff. Um, and he just, Gunther just shot everybody. Uh, and he power, body slammed Reed, Brunson Reed with ease. Um, bu- 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 um, 19. 19 was Ivar we we got more meat number 20 was a notable spot because you know we're picking up here um, Brom Breaker so this is a, I think Brom Breaker is a really good example to look at here in terms of maximising your minutes because you know, Shinsuke Nakamura was in this like four times as long as Brom Breaker was and did nothing of note Brom Breaker was only in this Royal Rumble for five Are minutes he's in here for five minutes he's in nine seconds longer than Ricochet is and Brom Breaker maximised his minutes and he looked rad so the report is this was, this was supposed to be Lesnar this was the spot that Lesnar was in, uh, but because of everything that happened for you know mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday, Lesnar's was cancelled. He was pulled from this Rumble, so they needed to bring someone in. So they brought in Brom Breaker. But because the Rumble had been scripted out and plotted out and was kind of locked in, they couldn't really do many changes. So they just put Brom Breaker in, gave him all of Brock's eliminations, all of Brock's spots, and the person that Brock would have been eliminated by, which was Dominic Mysterio. So we nearly lived in a world where Brock Lesnar was eliminated by Dominic Mysterio. But Bron came in and was awesome. He just speared everyone and he looked rad doing it. I, at one point, he ran the ropes and I thought the network was glitching. You know when uh, 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 online stream lags? Oh, we weren't even watching it on a, a network no. stream, watching it on broadcast. But when a net, uh, 
the stream lags, lags a bit, and then it goes a bit too fast to catch, to catch up, up with itself. That is the just unbelievable, like my mind would not accept how fast Brom Breaker, a man of that size, was coming off the ropes. Apparently it's 23 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, they said on commentary. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So, pretty slow for a car. <laughs> But pretty not, fast not, for a human being. Not around being. London, mate. That's a <laughs> standard speed limit everywhere around here. You, Les. <laughs> Sod your clean air. I want to go 10 miles an hour faster and get there quicker. Sod your children <laughs> and, and your safety ch- standards. And your future of the planet. It's <laughs> very London-centric banter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bron Brake comes out. Just awesome. And he faces off against Gunther... And just overhead presses Gunther. Again, a bro- Brom Breaker is the Jade Cargill of the Men's Royal Rumble. And, that's and your- Gunther is Nia Jax. And there's your Brock spot. It yeah. was supposed to be a scare down between Brock and Gunther, probably to set up that IC title match for Mania. But I wonder if you just do Bron now. Oh, man. I don't- of all the people who could dethrone Gunther, why not? Why not? Why not Breaker? Yeah. And then just let Gunther win the championship from Seth Rollins. Yeah. A bash at Berlin. Yeah. Um, or punk. We went from the fastest guy <laughs> to the slowest because a moss was out next. Of course, a moss was in this rumble. Uh, Bronze speared Ivar out of midair at this point. An yeah. incredible moment. Ivar did his, like, where he jumps off onto the second rope and goes around to do a crossbody, and Bronze just speared him out of midair. Mm. Best spear in the game. I liked the next spot. It was Pat McAfee, uh, number 22. It almost caught him by surprise. His music played and he's on commentary and he's like, well, I guess I'm in the rumble. I, I thought this was the Brock spot in terms of like, oh, we haven't, we, we've only got 29 guys. Oh, Pat can just go in there. Don't do anything and come back out. We're up to 30. Like that's that problem solved. But apparently it's Bron. Because <laughs> yeah, Pat gets in and he sees, is it, is it a Moss and it's Breaker? It's a Moss and Bron Breaker. He sees a Moss and Bron Breaker and so he just eliminates himself, or he, he jumps over the top rope onto the apron, and then the crowd boo him a little bit. So he gets back in, looks at the two, and eliminates himself and leaves. I thought this was rubbish. <laughs> Absolutely crap. Would it have been better if it was Brock Lesnar instead of Bron? No, I, I didn't think that Brock Lesnar was going to get in. <laughs> oh, right, I see what you mean. Sorry, if it was Brock Lesnar and a Moss, and he was just yeah. like, no, I still think it was crap. Like, this is a... In a match that needed some star power and needed some presence in there, this is a completely wasted spot. I, uh, but who else are you going to use? Chad Gable! Star power? In terms of like, but going in there, doing some amazing spots, going in there, working with Ivar, working with Bron Breaker. There's working plenty with of great wrestlers in the mid-card section, and, but they just didn't have the spots to do oh, it. Okay, in which case, I'll look at this whole rubber. Book it better. Yes, like, <laughs> that's what we're talking <laughs> about. What I, I thought this was a good... Pl- Him and Amos, Pat McAfee and Amos, back-to-back, totally wasted spots in this rumble. I, um, I am obviously in the minority because I've heard nothing but uh, intense criticism for this. <laughs> I got a kick out of it. I thought Pat McAfee was quite funny. A though. football kick, perhaps? <laughs> 23, JD McDonough. Bron destroyed him with a spear. Our truth comes out at number 24 because in the right gendered match this time, and he helps JD McDonough back into the ring after that bronze spear because the spear was on the outside when Bron was leaving because Dom eliminated Bron Breaker. And uh, he was JD was immediately eliminated by our truth. Yeah. Th- sorry, by Jay Uso. And then R-Truth hops up onto the apron 
as if this is a tag match. It was so funny. And he's like, to Dom, come on, hot tag me. And Gunther gets Dom in the sleeper. Well, the crazy thing about this is that Dom originally looks at Truth and like, what are you doing? Because mm-hmm. it's a, it's not a tag match, Robin. And then Gunther gets the sleeper in. So Dom builds to the hot tag and genuinely jumps to leap to get the hot tag from Truth. And he got the hot tag and the crowd exploded like it was a hot tag. It was it was a wonderful piece of comedy. Um, Triple H's sense of humor in this uh, this pay, this premium live event, I think, was on point. Yeah, because sometimes he doesn't share the same humor. It goes a bit <laughs> weird, but I thought all the all the goofy spots were very very good. I saw the uh, comedy segments he did in, <laughs> in 1999. I I do think that my comedy differs from his. I rewatched Katie Vick last week. Mm. It's a long way to get for a screwed up brains out joke. <laughs> it's five minutes long. Our <laughs> um, truth ran wild. The Miz comes out at number 25. You get some fun, awesome truth moments. Damien Priest at number 26 just chucks truth out. He's yeah, had enough of it. He's him. had enough of his shenanigans. Um, I've written here if he won the Rumble, would he ever properly cash that in? <laughs> <laughs> Probably forgot he had it. Uh, number 27, here we go. It's my boy, it's CM Punk. Lucky number 27. And they cut to a camera shot. Uh, presumably, when they set it up, it showed everyone in the grand scope of this stadium. But people had stood up now, and you could only see people's faces going, Ugh! Not the best shot I've no. ever seen for an entrance. Um... But yeah, CM Punk, first time back into a WWE ring properly, on televised at least, in 10 years. And the crowd was just like, cool, great, nice to have you here. I, Cheers, I, Phil. Yeah, where were the big CM Punk chants? I think, do you know what? I think, I don't know this for certain, I'm just spitballing ideas here. I think the crowd was a bit burnt out because this rumble just wasn't mm. very good. And it was just so much mid-filler that, you know, you have Punk come out at the end. I think people was like, oh, okay, I guess Punk. Uh, Ricochet was out at number 28. Case in point. Sure. Um, Gunther at this point eliminated Miz by a massive chop off the top rope. It was beautiful. 29, Drew McIntyre. Um, Gunther eliminates Jey Uso at this point. At number 30, I'm like, well, it's probably Sami Zayn, but I've been saying all day, look, if WWE and Endeavor and TKO wanted to push certain news stories down the news cycle, having The Rock come out at number 30 and win would be a pretty good way to do it. But it was Sammy thing. Yeah, uh, and given uh, Triple H's performance at the uh, post-show press conference, I think they really could have done with some uh, news stories to push down. The headlines. Yeah, because his uh, his performance has been picked up by mainstream. Has it? Yeah, I've seen oh. that the Mail are covering it, and it's... You know, because you can attach it to the story from from last mm-hmm. week. But yeah, they really could have done with a big, hey, The Rock's here. Well, maybe if he read the the lawsuit, he'd <laughs> realize what a serious predicament it is. You know, we're talking about that because Natalia had this thing. It was like, look, uh, we've all read what you've all read. And, you know, and then Triple H said, like, oh, I haven't read the lawsuit. Cody also said, look, we've all read what you've read. So I'm like, Cody's read it. Natalia's read it. Triple H hasn't read it. Um, yeah, so number 30 was Sami Zayn. There's lots of people in the ring. They're, they're all raw. They're all Monday Night Raw apart from Ricochet. Here's a fun fact for you. I didn't even register this at the time. There wasn't a SmackDown entrance from 14 onwards. 
<laughs> there are three uh, from 14 through to 30 there are only three names that are not from raw and it's bron breaker amos and pat mcafee that is ridiculous 14 through 30 the second half it's the second half of the rumble is just raw that is the problem with having and there's not even that many smackdown lads in this there's one two three four five six seven seven smackdown guys in this whole rumble I think yeah, I'm this was the, in the Royal chat Rumble. We're having a pop at me there. They was like, "Why do you think the Royal Rumble is just such a raw thing?" Because this, like, this was clearly laid out to be a raw match, and it's all to challenge for the SmackDown title. <laughs> Sorry, Seth. So uh, Ricochet's gotten out. So then we really are just Monday Night Raw. We've got Cody, Sammy, Drew, Gunther, Punk, Priest. I'm like, yes, this is this is what the build was. I wish the rest of the match shared them out a bit more that's it it's, the match doesn't really pick up again until yeah punk comes out at 27 but even like sammy zane at 30 he's only there for three minutes yeah so sammy pushes out priest then drew eliminates zane so then we've got gunther cody drew and punk perfect the, those are the four those are the four favorites always be the final four i wrote this is the real fatal four-way yeah like screw you you championship <laughs> match um and at this point, we start to get shots of Seth Rollins in a box watching on. Roman Reigns is somewhere in the crowd with Paul Heyman. Yeah. It was a really nice presentation to up the stakes. Cody and Gunther are going at it because they've got this eternal rumble feud. Uh, Drew and Punk are going at it because they're great interactions over the weeks. And Drew runs wild. He hits a Claymore on Gunther, Claymore on Cody, then a Claymore on CM Punk. And I just went... Yeah, he's getting eliminated. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Drew. So he he started to shout at Punk, mm-hmm. and that momentary lapse of concentration was enough for Punk to chuck out Drew. Yeah, and then not long after that, Cody pulled Gunther over the top rope and eliminated Gunther. I hope this is a long running story over the next twenty years. <laughs> that Cody always eliminates good. That'd be really good, yeah. yeah. So we're left with Cody and Punk, which is, the for me, that's definitely the right ending after that brilliant segment on the Go Home Raw. So good. Um, So this is... We then get eight minutes of Cody and Punk. And... <sighs> the crowd weren't hot. Um, for this, not like nowhere near the level of last year with Cody and Gunther. And I also, and this is coming from a punk guy, he wasn't at his best. He he was a bit botchy McBotchersome. Yeah. He, Although that's fairly, you know, that's. that's yeah, that's actually pretty stat. <laughs> 2011 CM Punk's a bit like that. It's like, you know, Nia Jax just comes in like, botch is just part of who she is. Uh, that's Phil. Yeah. But then also. He, d- he did look t- like noticeably fatigued. Yeah. The rep- and he came in at 27. Well, the reports when he had the 13 the minute match with Dominic Mysterio on the house shows, he was completely gassed out. Early doors in that as well. Which was mostly house show gesturing and stuff. Ge- gesturing and stalling for time, but he mm. was gassed out during that. So it's unsurprising. I. I, I think Dan Layton really he quite liked this rumble and he was he really liked, and he really enjoyed this ending. But I, for me, it was I thought it was just a poor man's version mm. of last year's with Cody and Gunther. And I I love Punk and I think that Punk's going to do great stuff in WWE. I think they're going to do the triple threat at Ray, Mania now. I'm kind of set on that of doing uh, Drew Punk and Seth for the title. But yeah, there's I thought this was fine. Mm. I thought it was okay. I'm just surprised by it because on paper going in. 
probably exactly what I would have said to do. Yeah, absolutely. But it just didn't feel like it clicked when we got down to the final two. It did in points. Um, Cody did the barnic elbow for his dad. And that's when Punk, to me, started to transition into more of a heel role. He started to point at the WrestleMania sign and then he clued up, oh, that's making the crowd actually wake up a bit and they'll boo me. Mm. And then he hit a pedigree. You know what you're doing. Very loaded move. And then off mic he says, oh, what was it? I, I, didn't, I didn't wait 10 years to lose to Dusty's kid. And you're like, dude, you were saying just on Monday how much you respected Dusty. Yeah. And now you're saying this is very hypocritical. Yeah. It's almost like he, you know, he on Monday he was saying, I don't mind that you're a Nepo baby. I, I've never had that issue with you at all. But maybe he actually does have an issue, mm. the fact that he was a Nepo baby that had everything handed to him. So Punk got cocky in this process, got Cody up for the GTS, walked around with him, looked at the sign. It was a bit much for me. And then Cody got out of it and just threw Punk out. That's it, yeah. I, Cody last year was inevitable in terms of him winning because mm. we all knew he was heading towards the uh, the Roman match. At least we, that's what we all figured. And it was kind of the same here, but it just the inevitability almost, I think, worked against it. The inevitability worked last year, mm. but I think the inevitability hindered this finish somewhat. And then afterwards, like, are we not going to have any, or oh, is he going to choose Roman? Is he going to choose Seth? Because he, at the end of it, while he's celebrating, it's like, Roman, I choose you. Yeah, yeah. You know, points up and wrote. I thought Roman's selling of that was great. They didn't show Seth being disappointed that no one cares about his title, but I thought the, the selling of Roman was, was dead good. Yeah. Maybe have a shorter match at the end. No need to go eight minutes at the end of this match. No, I don't think so. Which felt a bit long anyway. Yeah. Overall, Royal Rumble, I I, I enjoyed the show. I gave it 80%, so that's roughly four out of five. Um, yeah, I'm in the three. Maybe 3.5 out of five. Now we're talking about it. I think I'm at three, and that's pretty much all for the Women's Rumble. Yeah. Because the Fatal 4-Way did very little for me. Like, I... The, the the Owens actually the Owens Logan match was was very good and I really enjoyed the finish of that but yeah very mid men's rumble it's if we were to do a TLC list about worst rumbles or you know best rumbles the men's rumble's never going to feature on my worst list it wasn't a worst ever rumble it's just it's a rumble I'll never watch again. Uh, let's get over to our um, remaining oh, said Omega chats. Ultra chats. We're going to go through these quite quickly because, oh, we're sleepy boys. <laughs> Ollie wants to go home and have a Domino's pizza. And watch the Marvels. <laughs> going to hate watch the Marvels for the first time. Maybe I like it. Down I will, though. I doubt you will. Jimmy G has been a member for 28 months. Uh, was at the watch party. Got home fine, Luke. Thanks. Had a great night last night. Should have swapped rumbles over. Women's was better. Jam that jam. That's what we were all saying. So we all left, you know, at 5 a.m. We're all leaving the pub and stuff. And that's that was the general chatter outside was like, man, the women's really should have main evented mm -hmm. uh, this show. And I did say to people, I was like, oh, you know, if you're watching tomorrow, make sure you watch chat and let me know you got home safe. Uh, which is why Jimmy got in touch there. Nice way to get money from the fans. <laughs> yeah, Marks. <laughs> Mayor of Painesville, Dan Memberg, for three months in a row. Uh, hello, Ollie and Luke. Welcome to Team Tired. Personally, both Rumbles were okay, in my opinion. TNA and WWE. Surely this is leading to a Brian Myers WrestleMania match. 
I thought we'd see Matt Cardona in the men's rumble. But no, that would have been exciting. <laughs> and, and I know that was, that's not what this rumble was going for. Chris Thornton really enjoyed the show. Storyline-driven rumbles are much more enjoyable than lots of old-timers having pointless spots. Both rumbles made sense and had plenty of memorable moments that gave storyline directions for the coming weeks. Finish the story, Cody. I mean, that is a, a very good point in this. And I was saying this like, after the show and stuff. I'm so glad that Cody won. Mm. Like that for me is completely the right choice. If Cody is finishing the story at Mania, I don't want him getting that through Chamber. Yeah. Win the Royal Rumble, pick Roman Reigns, and you build this story now for the next few months as he gets to WrestleMania. This is, it's what I wanted. And like, so storyline wise, great. And I love that. Mm. I think bell to bell, it was not a particularly exciting rumble. Jonathan Hedman, member for 29 months. Hello, you wonderful people. Had a fun time pretending I was at the watch party along with you guys. What's next for CM Punk and TNA? Get some sleep. Punk. Punk's not going to TNA. No. No, no, no. He's not going back to those hallowed halls. Imagine if, like, Cody didn't point at either of them and called out... Oh, who's the TNA? Moose. Moose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not actually Tesco. Menberg for 12 months. Well, all right, lads. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Thought the pay-per-view was bloody brilliant on the whole, except for the bias in me, fuming that Tegan Knox didn't get more time. Yeah. Matt, a four out of five show. I will say I do wish Hunter handled the press conference better. I criticised Tony Khan for his handling of Jericho allegations in the press conference last month. Got to do the same with Hunter. I can sympathise because he's been put in a difficult situation that not, that's not his fault. He could have handled it better rather than say, I want to focus on the positives, not the negatives, by saying given the nature of the situation legally, I can't comment on it. I respect Hunter and by all reports, employees, talent and even the media seem to love the guy and be very high on him, but I'm disappointed in how he handled the situation and answered the question. That aside, great show, really excited for WrestleMania and for Cody Rhodes to finish the story. Yeah, I think Tripp's sort of uh, benefited from being prepared. Mm. He had the attitude of someone who didn't expect to get asked the questions. Yeah, uh, But a lot of respect, though, to the people who did ask the questions. Well yeah. done. Brandon Thurst and John right. Alba. John Alba, yeah. someone else, I think. Benzi, just here to say thank you guys for the awesome watch-along party. Love every part of it. I was the guy in the front row in front of Dan during Survival Series. It was an absolute blast being there with you all. You guys have helped with keeping me updated with wrestling during the bad parts of the last few years. Since where I live, nobody really seems to care about wrestling. Much love to you all. Hopefully I can get your photo with you next time. Yeah, I hope so. Red, white and black. Words can't even express how disappointed I was last night when Cody won. Punk and Cody, who are the most mid-ass, I guess, overrated wrestlers in the world, were the final two. Now we get to see Cody and Roman again, where he will predictably win. Terrible booking. I think I would disagree, but, you know, I don't... Uh, I respect your opinion. Yeah, I think... But you've got to recognise you're in the, in the minority there, so to just outright call it terrible booking, what you actually mean is, I'm not into this booking. Yeah. I think, objectively, this is very logical booking. Yeah. Uh, I'll hot tag across, give you a voice of rest. Uh, Chance Gray, let me paint you a picture. Hogan comes out to Raw to say one more match. He challenges Cody for the main event versus Roman. Hulk squashes Cody and goes on to Mania to beat Roman. He then breaks Bruno's record and vacated it because no one can beat Hogan, brother. I mean, why not? You know, (laughs) he's not controversial, is he? No, no, no. He was all over this show as well. Yeah, it was so weird. Four years of Hulkamania, man. Ket, uh, I thought two-thirds of the Women's Rumble match was such a bore, but the final 20 minutes was great. Glad Bailey and Cody won. Cody better finish that story. I can't take another year of Roman being champion. Mm. I mean, 
what's interesting on that one there is that you know you don't want to pin Randy this early, but you're not doing it at Chamber because like Randy Ch- uh, Roman's not going to Chamber, which means if Cody does finish the story, then you're just not going to do Roman and and Randy. Yeah, but you could have Kurt, Cody versus Roman. That's that's a good match. Cody, Cody versus Roman. Oh, Cody, Cody versus, versus oh, Randy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Roman Dietrich. Hey guys, three things to say. Firstly, on uh, Sans request from two Fridays ago, the ch in my name is pronounced like the hissing sound at the top of the throat, so you don't have to call out the s. Um, gonna miss Sat have it saying my name with his uh, big voice. Second, thank you guys for the live broadcast. This uh, wake up for work, and you uh, and the last. This wake up for work and the last four were on it. You made my day and energized me. Third, this pay-per-view was perfect. Cargill was awesome. The right people won the Rumbles and Knight wasn't pinned. Wonderful evening. <laughs> Those Knight fans. Yeah. Uh, Plasma PD has been a member for 21 months in a row. Said, I thought the Rumble was great this year, but a step down from last year because I was there. I think Cody won because they're not sure about Seth. Yeah, Brock, Rock, Seth's injury. Who knows how many moving parts there were. This week, yeah. change things. Miles Strong, thank you for an awesome night, guys. Hopefully, I'll see you at Elimination Chamber. Boop was at the show. The pops in person were wild, but I keep hearing people say that oh. we weren't that loud. So I wonder if there was something that didn't play nice with the building acoustics or bad sound crew. Also, that Roman match sucked. <laughs> Uh, Psychic here says uh, Jade Cargill can snap my neck in half And I'd say thank you In all seriousness, no, I love this show Probably Roman's best match since Mania Whoa, that's big Yeah Because he had the tag match at Money in the Bank Which was way better Yeah yeah, back. Um, it wasn't that backlash, was he? But money in the bank. Money in the bank. The two tag matches he had, in fact, the one with um, Owens and Zayn yeah. was was better as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's had a good match since Money in the Bank and the Usos match. But that was the Money in the Bank. That one. was the. Oh right, sorry. Because then it's SummerSlam, which I didn't think was very good, mm-hmm. and the LA Knight match, LA which Knight, was yeah. quite boring. Um, Psychic. Oh, we haven't finished Psychic's thing here. Uh, really big, uh, really big fan of faking out with the interference instead of booking it as the ending again. I've been watching wrestling since the year Daniel Bryan won at Mania, and I've never been more excited for the company's future, even more so without Vince. Thank you for your coverage of WWE all this time. Mm-hmm. Stephen Costa has been hey. a member for twenty months in a row. Says hi, guys. Did I leave my voice at the pub? <laughs> I lost it sometime last night. Anyway, what a night for the women's rumble. Thanks for last night, guys. Jam that jam. Lovely to see you, Stephen. Quote the Raven 79. Michael Cole says, if you don't like Reigns not defending the belt, beat him. How can I beat him if you don't book him? That's rubbish. <laughs> oh, by the way, two winners at the 94 Rumble. What's your product, Cole? Yeah, so Michael Cole, uh, I think Pat McAfee asked Cole at one point. Yeah. Has there ever been any uh, two winners of the Rumble before? Michael Cole just went, nope. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, no, quite quite famously, Michael Cole. That has been. Uh, Ryan here says, I really hope the Women's Rumble does end up having two slash three non-title singles matches at Mania. I was doing some research, and I believe there is, hasn't been a non-title singles match between two women that wasn't a gimmick match. WrestleMania 22 in 2006 was the lo- last non-title singles match between Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle, but that was a Playboy pillow fight, and it lasted 6 minutes and 54 seconds. More attention should be given to these amazing women who proved last night that they are insanely talented. A title should never define whether they should or not... Uh a title should never define whether they should get their own feud going into Mania. Some of the best feuds ever existed going into Mania have been without a title. Let's hope that women get more attention going into this one. 
Well, I think a Jade Cargill versus Bianca Belair does not need a title. Nope, absolutely not. Joe Nero West said, I have some complaints, fellas. Cody shouldn't have won the Rumble. I'm just not a fan of back-to-back Rumbles, especially to build the same match at Mania. If they must do Cody Roman again, find another way. Should have been Punk win, should have been Punk win and choose Seth's belt. Two, if you have a Raw guy, he's avoided Seth's belt all year, chasing the SmackDown belt. I'm... Well, yeah, that's what it's been. You have a Raw guy avoiding Seth's belt all year, chasing the SmackDown belt. I'm not a fan. Love Cody, not the story. One more positivity. Loved our truth. Yeah. Loved Jay's debut. Bailey winning. Usos at one and two. Naomi's return. Kyrie on the apron. I was there live. Okay. Was it clear how she <laughs> held on then? Steven here says Cody is on fire. He's more over than he was this time last mm. year. Roman winning last year was the right call. Jay and Cody benefited. Yes, Roman is stale, but I still think it was the right call it's it's it feels like it might have been yeah uh miles here said hey guys saw the review and wanted to say the crowd noise was louder in the arena than it came through on camera biggest pops were for truth cody and punk i mean that just answers your thing because you thought the reaction for punk was fairly muted mm. Mm. evan reich uh, said i wasn't sure if cody was going to win because of the rock's head of the table promo uh who knew he meant vince's spot at the table <laughs> cheers let's finish the story the table was the board of directors i'm not gonna be the guy that was like told you so but when rock said his thing on, on day one i said no, no, it's like he's not having a match with roman at uh, mania it's, it's just not because i've heard rock do this promo yeah. like five times now like I, I, it's not gonna happen anytime soon although reports are i mean dave Meltzer and brian albert were just talking about this on wrestling observer radio but uh, dave was like you know it's not happening at mania but it is gonna happen this year we can't really talk about where, but conversations are happening, but I can't quite speak to it now, which suggests to me it's a Saudi match. Oh, yeah. Um, Quality Greed says, Jordan Grace looked amazing coming out of this. Funny enough, similar to the guy who attacked Seth that one time. Um, my brother that I was watching this uh, was scammed by a Grace scam oh, account, no. so we had a proper laugh about it when she came out. He loves her. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Uh, Mooks, oh, TNA champion, Mooks. Mm-hmm. Last year, I didn't care much about Cody winning because he only had one feud, then immediately won at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. This time, since he's been on screens for a year, I'm actually excited for the next couple of months. Uh, and Donald Lucy has become a member. Yeah, to, to Moose, it the adversity was real. We mocked it, but well, it's I, not really adversity, but there's certainly been character growth and he's got a more over. What feuds did he have? The Brock feud. Mm. Uh, he won the tag titles. Mm-hmm. Nakamura. I'll give you that one, yeah. Rumble. <laughs> Promo with Punk. Yeah, it was. He feuded with Brock for six months, had a little mini feud with Dominic Mysterio in that, and then another little mini feud with Dominic Mysterio that sort of span off into uh, feuding with the Judgment Day. Uh, yeah, and then it's Nakamura at the end of the year. Right at the end of the year, no less. Well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you ever so much for everyone who's joined us over the last couple of days and then the whole week, actually. What a what a crazy, crazy week it's been for WWE. Uh, please do subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel and also go over to WrestleTalk, the WrestleTalk news channel, because Luke's going to have a news video going up very soon. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. It's been Luke and D.A.D. Jammer Jam.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.